0: Um recording. I am as well. You're hosting. Oh I am. Okay. No, I'm hosting. Wait, what? Do I do even numbers? I don't remember. Oh. I guess I do.
1: I could look. Uh yeah, it looks like you hosted the You'd last think that after 200 that episodes we would
0: have our <laughs> shit
1: down. <laughs> Dude, on the on the thinking news thinking else that website, all your Hosts are Nathan Fox, and mine is this grayed-out icon, and my username is Ben62889. <laughs> what the hell? All
0: right, ready? Yeah, let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode 200 of the Thinking LSAP podcast in Los Angeles, I'm Nathan Fox. With me in you home, Ben, Vienna, Virginia. I am home. Yeah, Fourth of July, Fourth in of Vienna. July. Yeah, doing be- anything exciting?
1: Yeah, gonna go to the Salamander Resort out in Middleburg, and they have all you can eat, and from like five to eight or something like that. That's and very American. Yeah, very all in- you can
0: eat salamanders. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> no, it's a fancy resort, but it's called Salamander, which to me is not necessarily associated with fanciness. No. Surprising. No. But, hey, um, they'll have food, and then they'll have fireworks. And
0: it's only like half hour away or something, half hour drive.
1: Cool. Yeah. How
0: cool. about you? Is it unpatriotic of us to be working on the 4th of July?
1: No. This is America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we
1: are the... You know, they. I was just... Um, I'm learning a lot about sleep right now, Uh it's very interesting. I'm actually 100% convinced that it is super essential that it become a high priority in everyone's life, including those who are taking the LSAT. Yeah, um, they're just this book is just going through all the different benefits. For a long time, scientists had no clue why people sleep, and it was this big mystery. But they knew every species on the planet does, and it's like, well, there must be some evolutionary advantage, but we can't figure it out. And now, like, just in the last 10 years, there's been so much that's uncovered. Anyway, so this book is talking about those things. And, oh, shit, dude. What, what the hell? Why am I going on this tangent?
0: Because you're talking about sleep. Yeah, but why was I talking about sleep? Anyway. I don't know why you were talking about sleep. It's interesting. Fuck. <laughs> well, so,
1: <laughs> like, usually I know what my tangent, my tangent has some point and it comes back to it. But um, We were
0: talking about the 4th of July.
1: Oh yeah. Oh oh. Okay okay. Here we go here. So you're wondering, is it unpatriotic for us to be working? It's like no. This is like, this is the essence of of America, right? Anyways, this book was talking about how uh, the United States, Britain, um, pretty much any you know economic powerhouse is also severely suffering from sleep deprivation, and it's largely you know a function of our work ethic, which, mm. you know, ethic make it, makes it sound good, but um, it's um it's very likely that we're just all overworking. But that's also why we have an enormous GDP, right? <laughs> it's like it is a function of all these little decisions to stay up a couple hours later, work longer, make more money, and produce yeah. more for the giant... Behemoth, America.
0: (laughs) What's funny is that I don't, um, you know, I don't work like long hours or anything. I don't, I don't burn the midnight oil, um, at least not on work. Yeah, maybe on video games, but not on work. (laughs) Um, And, uh, but I do, like it's. I don't blink about working on the Fourth of July. Yeah, I don't. I've. I mean, if you, I, I don't know if I've ever. In the last like five years, taken like a full day off, like where I really didn't do anything mm. all day. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've at least like checked my email or returned a phone call or done something. Yeah. Like every single day, including Christmas and, you know, <laughs> every day yeah. for the last five years. And even if it's only like, oh, yeah, I only, you know, to the, today I'm going to work for about an hour. Yeah. Uh, but I, that's part of being an entrepreneur, I guess, was just like sort of chip away at it a little, little tiny bit every day.
1: Yeah. I um, mean, there's a couple of <laughs> things that play there too, because you own your own business is one, but also, you know, if I don't even just take 30 minutes and kind of check through email or something, you know, when you get back, that day's going to be worse and you're chilling. It's like, why not knock some of this out and then get back to the fun, uh, makes life easier down the road.
0: Yeah, that's how I feel about Inbox Zero. I just like to get it all the way down, you know, as, as close as I can to Zero all the time. Yeah. It's just a, like a happier way to live. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, things are going good here. I My 4th of July is going to involve this podcast recording, and then I'm going to go run to uh, out to Sherman Oaks or some weird place to meet up with my buddies. We're watching a horror movie um, this morning.
1: Uh, what? Which one?
0: It's called Midsummer.
1: Midsummer. Okay.
0: It's by the by the uh, same dude, I guess, who did Hereditary, which was super scary, and we uh, had a great time. And so we're <laughs> we're gonna run it back with this next weird movie. Cool, man. I'm not a huge horror fan, but have fun. Yeah, I'm not like a you know I never was into like Freddy and Jason and all that stuff, but um, modern horror movies. You know, they're like sort of. It's kind of like. Suspense too, right? Like mm-hmm. it's sort of drama, sort of suspense, sort of horrifying. But <laughs> I don't know, it should be fun. Then I'm gonna go hang out with my uh, buddy and his dog in the garden. Probably play some board games. Okay, that' it for me. Yeah, cool. We have a uh, something different for you today on the Thinking Elsewhere podcast. Um, we are we had you vote, and we have eight clips for you. Uh, you can let us know which ones you like the best, but it's uh, highlights from 200, well, highlights from 199 episodes of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Yeah, This is going to air on July
1: 8th, hey, so we Nathan, have some, yeah. I th- you're actually right. I think it is 200 episodes if we
0: include the uh, proctored LSAT that we gave out. The proctored LSAT that we gave out. Oh, you mean the timers? Yeah. Oh, well, those are like, then there's more than 200 episodes. Oh, there's three of them? One for yeah, each. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because didn't.
1: Yeah. We never did, did f- that thing where we said, we'll do <laughs> we'll do a 70 minute one and then. Oh, we didn't? Tell you. No, no. Just do one 70 minute one and then do double time if you want. <laughs> <laughs> or double speed. <laughs> yeah, if you want
0: the regular time. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> <Your> <laughs> I digress. Yeah. Uh, this is going to air on July 8th, um, which means that uh, if you're hearing this as it comes out this Saturday, July 13th, you have the opportunity to take a virtual proctored LSAT via the LSAT demon. Um, all you got to do is go to LSATdemon.com and sign up for a free trial if you're not already a subscriber. And you can join us on uh, Saturday, July 13th. That's two days before the uh, July 15th LSAT. But uh, you can take a full, we're going to do five sections for that, Ben. Exactly full five section proctored practice test virtually. Um, the way that works is you log on to a group chat um, on Zoom and the proctor takes control over your instance of the LSAT demon and serves you up uh, an official LSAT test and you take the test alongside, virtually alongside everybody else uh, across the country. So please uh, join. How do they do that, Ben? That's a good That's a good question. We will put
1: an RSVP link on thinkinglsat.com. Also, you can, uh, if you can't find that, you can just email us at help at thinkinglsat.com.
0: Yeah, you can always email help at thinkinglsat.com about anything. But please do join us for the uh, virtual virtual proctored test on July 13th. Anything else you want to say about that uh, yeah. practice test? I'd, really quick, yeah.
1: So we've mentioned
0: this before, but when you join that
1: that group online through Zoom, you're watching a proctor. Who's then going to take control of your LSAT demon account's uh, timer? And basically yeah. you join the group and the, the proctor is going to start your section. The timer is going to start counting down. You'll get the five-minute warning just like the official LSAT. And then uh, the section will end. And then the proctor... Will start you in the next section, and that seems a little <laughs> strange, but that's what's going to happen to you on the official test day. So we're we're recreating that environment to every extent that we can, except for the fact that you'll be joining via Zoom as opposed to being in an actual room with other people. But you're essentially in the same room. You're all sitting there talking, and yeah, it was it was it was good. Last time we did this, um, thank you everyone for participating. We did. Have some lag issues uh, the site was not ready to handle the load, but we have been focusing on that all week and those issues have been resolved, and we've been having hundreds of bots all take the same test at the same time, and we brought the the you know the response time way
0: down, so it's super fast and should work even if you're on three g so yeah, I mean, if it sucks, you could always just pop off, (laughs) like, you know, if it's like broken for whatever unforeseen reason, but it it does seem like we've got it working now. And, um, it's, this is the only place that you can do it as far as we know, right? Like you can't do this through the digital familiarization tool on LSAC. Um, not only that, but after the test is over, you can hang out and review it with the other people who were at the test and you can just watch our videos and read our explanations right there in your study history. You can start learning from your mistakes right away. So it's kind of a no-brainer to join on July 13th uh, if you're available. And please uh, tell your friends, because anybody can do it with a free trial account, uh, lsatdemon.com.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess technically you could do this on Khan Academy as well, but you can't choose the set that they give you. and. I'm not actually sure which tests that they are serving up, and you are limited to a certain number of tests. Well, so. and
0: they're not proctoring it for you, right? They're so no, you don't that's have true. that additional no layer of, of <laughs> another person taking, you know, taking control. There, there, there's something about that, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the difference between watching a movie at home and watching a movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the difference there is that they're in in control. You know, you have to give give up control. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Um, okay. A couple of other announcements. Uh, August 1st is going to be the last day to register for the September LSAT, which is Jesus, that's six weeks, Ben, before the test. September mm. 21st is the September LSAT. August 1st is the last day to register for that September LSAT, which means that you're not going to have your July score back, not even close to having your July score back. Those don't come out until August 28th. Anyway, if you're taking the July test, you probably need to register for September as well. Email the show, help at Send us your selfies if you uh, are so inclined. All right. First thing, um, before we get into all of these clips, I just wanted to say some um, thank yous. I, <laughs> I had no idea, Ben, that this would like that the podcast would still be going six years later or whatever it is, five and a half years later, 200 yeah. episodes in, yeah. 300 hours probably of us talking. Um, and it, it just wouldn't have happened without. The listeners and without our awesome uh, team. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, everybody who has listened over the years and, you know, um, when you continue to send us feedback about what you like about the show or what you, uh, <laughs> don't like about the show. Um, it really does mean a lot to us. So thank you everyone. Um, some of the like superstars, who were mentioned multiple times on the show. I can't, I'm never, never going to remember everybody, but um, people like Splitty and Spicy Butt and <laughs> Wicked and uh, all the repeat, you know, uh, repeat correspondence. Uh, we really do appreciate that. Uh, Ezra, of course, we're going to get to that in the clips. Um, and then I wanted to thank our team uh, by name, So I, hopefully I won't leave too many people out, but, um, Ben, you can help me. Um, sure. Yeah. But, you know, Sarah and Annalisa, um, answering those help at thinking else at emails and, um, and working on our website and working on the demon, uh, Adam editing the show has done a great job. Um, Matt K, Matt D, Jenny and Dan up in San Francisco, Max helping us with uh, demon development. Uh, What else? Who who else do we need to thank? Ben, that's a good question.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people over here on the strategy side that you haven't met yet necessarily. No, I don't know all your folks. Yeah, Yeah. we have we have Kate, we have Lauren. There's Sam. Uh, You know, AJ helped us for a while, and uh, they're just doing a lot of demon testing, which has been super helpful and the whole dev team, really, Dave and his crew.
0: Yeah, totally. And if we uh, forgot you, um, we you know, don't think that we don't appreciate you because we, we realize that this whole thing has been a team effort uh, over the years. Yeah. Um, and thanks to the listeners, um, most of all. All right, so Ben, real quickly, uh, we got eight clips. W- want to just uh, kind of sum them up. How, you do the odds, I'll do the evens.
1: Okay, sure. So the first one
0: is me somehow coming up with a test writer voice. It's craziness. <laughs> that was from episode 100, and I wish you would have brought that back. So maybe we need to try to do that more in the 200s. Okay.
1: <laughs> I wonder if the small team that works on these games is like, hey, did we come up with a an unusual game this round? And they're like, yeah, but it, it failed the experimental uh, testing process. Shoot, well we gotta get one in there now for the June test. What do we got? We don't got anything, boss. And so then they just like put in, you know, another standard test. And they're like, Oh well, it's all we got.
0: Go. Publish. Episode one hundred is the debut of Ben's um LSAC voice. Yeah. Well actually <laughs> the makers of the test.
1: I've <laughs> I've used this LSAC voice before. Um Oh you have. Yeah, but not I on the it. not on the podcast maybe. So uh, my bad, but I also imagine them okay. when they, like, write questions that, um, you know, logical reasoning questions, that someone used the word always, and then someone else who's, like, in some boardroom or something with a cigar usually, that's my, that's the image in my head at least, <laughs> um, is like, hey, why'd you use always? That's too easy. Change it to invariably. People don't know invariably <laughs> as well. <laughs> so that's what I imagine. I'm sure it's much less (laughs) glamorous.
0: Excellent. So like, yeah, we got the smoky back room with the cigar. Yeah. Wow. All right.
1: (laughs) Why are you using always? That's such an amateur word.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Love it. The second clip was when uh, we were talking about the law school that you were going to start. Ben And uh, then that just kind of devolved into a rant from both of us about how lame and long law school is. Yeah. It didn't
1: make me think about that law school again. Jeez. Like a year long law school. That would be cool. Anyways. Mm -hmm. Hey, I had a random thought this week um, and I proposed it to my class. I was curious what they would think. And there was definitely uh, two camps, Uh, one that was in favor and that one was uh, adamantly opposed. But I... I was like, what if, what if, uh, I started a law school (laughs) and it it only went for a year and it focused in on like what I would consider the four or five things that law school actually has to like help you with. And, and then like, I think actually those four or five things could be accomplished all at the same time. Um, and so, Hey, you're done in a year. (laughs) It costs less right? And um, we're just focusing in on what you need. And what I'm thinking is you need to pass the bar. You need to learn how to write. And as you learn how to write, you'll learn how to think like a lawyer. And you can write topics that are focused on uh, the core, you know, legal doctrines like property law, (laughs) (laughs) constitutional law. Sure. And so as you're, as you're doing these writing projects, You're basically learning the law that you would be taking a whole semester class on normally. Yes. But I think you're going to learn it so much better when you have to make an argument. And you're like, wait, I think this. Oh, no. Let's look. Let's look up the precedent. It's like the whole like just force people. in. It's like taking a practice test. Just jump into the freaking fire and then you'll figure it out as opposed to
0: let's talk about theory for two years. This all sounds awesome. This is great. What did your class say? (laughs)
1: Uh, so there was definitely like half who were I was like, look, the first year it's probably not going to be accredited. I don't, I don't know how like that all works and it needs to be sorted out. But uh, that turned off like half the class. They're Like, hell no, I would I would not want anything to do with this this university. And then there was another half that was like I was like, would you pay ten thousand dollars? And then they said, honestly, I would pay the full rate of a normal year of school. So, you know, normal years like what, 30 to 50? Yeah. And so somewhere in that range, and they're like because first of all, it's only one year. Second of all, um it's kind of related, but now I'm done. I can go practice in a year. And their point was sort of like if you have someone who knows what they want to do when they are finished with law school, this one-year law school is extraordinarily appealing. Like yeah. just get it out of the way, get it done. Get the bar passed and start practicing.
0: Yeah. Well, law school is an enormous waste of time and resources. I mean, the three years of law school is a joke. Yeah. And it's it's expensive. It's super expensive. There's no reason why law school should take three years. They're not actually teaching, they don't even teach you how to pass the bar in those three years. Yeah. That's what they (laughs) they outsource that to Barbary. (laughs) Then you have to pay Barbary another five grand in order to pass the bar. Yeah, You know, the summer after you graduate from law school, then you have to take a bar prep class so that you can have any chance of passing the bar because the schools don't teach you how to pass the bar. What do they teach you? I don't know. I don't know what they teach you.
1: Well, I, I, I can't believe and I hope this is not true. So if anyone knows anyone in law school now and can please tell me this is no longer the case. But the one craft that you could take away from law school and really use your first year as an associate is your ability to write clear memoranda or clear briefs or whatever. Right. But this is outsourced to cheap 2Ls and 3Ls. Yeah, At least I'll, it was when
0: I was there. Me too. I was a LWRTA in my second year and I barely knew anything. I mean, I had made it through the 1L class and I had done well in it. But i that doesn't mean that I was qualified to teach that. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I was reviewing. So my my teacher didn't like the, the people who were teaching that class barely even read the memos. It was mostly the TAs that were reading the memos. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's and that's like what the one else are paying
0: $50,000 a year for.
1: Yeah. Oh, and the funny thing is, you know, as a 2L and a 3L, you know so much more than a 1L. So naturally there's this certain like attitude like, oh, well, that's not how you do it. Like you didn't follow the IRAC method. So here's your your B plus, you know, I'm not speaking from experience. I don't remember what happened in that situation. But I do remember feeling like these kids were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this is how you do it. And let me show you and blah, blah, blah. And I look back at that. I'm like, this is absurd. There are people who have been practicing law for four, five, six years. And they're still figuring out how to craft briefs in the way that, (laughs) you know, will work well. And the partners are still like, okay, try again. You know, like this is a freaking process that takes time. So you need to like (laughs) get people who know their stuff and um, have the people do, like, moot courts. Moot courts are amazing because you have to make this argument. All of a sudden, you think about everything. You think about the precedent. You think about how you're going to frame your argument. Um, Well, you have to research, you have to write, and you have to argue. So Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think a law school should just, like, throw people into that, and they're going to mess up their first time, but then you're like, okay, do it again. Now we're going to do a different area of law. And by the time they walk out of it, they know the different areas of law that they argued in and they know how to write and they have some actual skills,
0: yeah. you know? Yeah, well, this is a brilliant idea, Ben. And your big problem here is that you're just not going to get accredited. I mean, law school, <laughs> that's, that's I know. what's going to just- happen because law school is a scam. The accreditation agencies are basically the law schools. I mean, they have like, they have the just very similar, they have their um, their goals are really aligned, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 we've got like the Fox watching the hen house here. And so, of course, they're not going to ever accredit a one year law school, because then how could the three year law schools continue ripping people off? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, here's my challenge for anyone who's so inclined. Um uh if you know anything or can research anything about the accreditation process, which is going to be going through the ABA because that was delegated to the ABA by the Department of Education, um, maybe there's a way uh, that we can – maybe there's you know a loophole in the, the legal code that allows us to get a credit or, Hey, look, we satisfied these requirements. You have to give it to us. It's, or maybe we can help people pass the bar, even if they don't graduate from an accredited school. Cause like there are ways, right. To get through the bar process without graduating from an accredited school. Well, it's so. hilarious
0: in California because the bar passage rate for accredited schools is less than 50% in California. So, oh,
1: you got to be kidding me.
0: You're saying that so if you
1: take the schools in California and you average their bar passage rate, it's lower than 50%? Uh,
0: pretty sure. I think the av- cuz I think the average bar passage Yeah, the average bar passage rate's less than 50%. And oh, these are that's all people awful. that went to accredited schools, so it's, you know, but oh, bo- oh but you can't No, you can't start your own law school because we need to make sure that these are accredited schools. but then the people that go to the three year accredited schools and pay $150,000 still can't pass the bar exam. Yeah. Wow. It's a, it's weird. I think this shit has to change. The more I think about it, the more I talk about it, I think things have to change. I can't imagine that this, this can continue forever. It's just too much of a scam. And if I am, you know, and and I do, I counsel young people professionally. Uh, My, my, Uh, my best advice is don't pay for law school. Just don't pay for law school. Just don't do it. You can go for free and you should just go for free. Um, If you can get into Harvard or Stanford or Yale and you think that's going to write you your ticket for the rest of your life and you want to pay for those schools, that's fine. But if you're paying for lower ranked school, like at all paying, I don't think, I'm not saying don't go. I'm just saying don't pay. Yeah, yeah. Or pay less for a one-year school. (laughs) You pay for Ben's (laughs) Crazy Ben's Law School. (laughs) School.
1: (laughs) They're like, what's the name going to be? And I'm like, I don't know. But the first uh, word has to start with an F. And the last word has to be university. (laughs) (laughs) Be a nice, nice uh, little acronym there. Okay. so um, anyways, if anyone's so inclined to tell me the rules and help me figure out a way to actually get this thing off the ground, email me. So then we got this email from Dion, right, who who was scoring in in really the the low uh one thirties or something like that, and wanted to go to Barry Law and we just dove into the whole like challenge with going to law school with low scores, even though he had he had aspirations to do better. Um that was it yeah. felt very informative. It was it was funny, I, but also like kind of true and people need to as that. I was
0: listening to it man I was like I was hearing myself like I could tell that I was like not just worked up like angry and agitated but I was like sad mm-hmm. I was like oh man please don't do this Dion please you know don't go get ripped off yeah this next thing I bumped to the top of our agenda it was a comment that came in on our website did you uh, happen to read this yet? I think I did. Um, okay. Yeah. It's very, it's very nice, um, but it's also v- v- disconcerting. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here, here it is. This is a comment from our website. It's very kind. And it says, you two are beast, bruh. I got a 129 on my first cold practice test diagnostic, and after listening to this podcast and doing two and a half untimed prep tests, I've been able to get my score up to a solid 135. Law school, here I come. Can't nothing stop me now. Diddy shake. My goal is Barry Law, and I have a 2.6 GPA, so I need, need, need a 146. To hit the 25 percentile mark and make scholarships possible. Anyways, like I've seriously learned a lot. Like, for instance, the difference between how an argument needs something required to assume it. Parentheses, negate, and you got yourself the right answer, exclamation point. And filling holes with the S.A. types. Sufficient assumption types. I'm not that good at logic games, but I'm saving some money for the Fox logic games Bible. No, it's not a Bible. It's an encyclopedia. Sorry. It's not even that. It's a playbook. <laughs> you don't know anyway, the book. logical reasoning books, encyclopedia, the games ones, but bi- it's not a Bible. Jesus. It's a playbook and finding flaws in paragraphs with big words still give me some troubles. But I think this podcast will push me past the threshold like you guys, I never thought of worlds. But I feel like this advice is critical for these games. I'll remember both y'all, Ben and Nate, on my way to the top. Dion. P.S. sorry can't donate now, but soon. <laughs> um what do you want to say to that, Ben, other than uh thank you? Uh well, for
1: starters, um, Let's say that Dion ends up getting a 146. I'm not – I hope that happens, uh, but I'm not sure what the solid 135 is referring to, whether it's timed or untimed. But assuming it's timed and Dion pulls up to a 146 to hit the 25th percentile mark at Barry Law, Dion is not going to make scholarships. Um, Scholarships (laughs) are for people who are (laughs) much higher than that. So I'm – I'm worried, one, about even going to Barry Law. Uh, If their 25th percentile is 146, I'm really concerned about what their uh, bar passage rates are, what people do who graduate from Barry Law end up doing. (laughs) And um, I don't think scholarships are even possible at this score range. So I don't know. It just doesn't sound like a viable plan.
0: Yeah. I I really appreciate the email and I appreciate the enthusiasm. Um but with a 2.6 undergraduate GPA, it is going to be really hard to get scholarships anywhere. Yeah. Barry Where is Barry Law? Do we know anything about Barry Law?
1: I do not know anything about Barry Law. Barry Law.
0: Mm. Maybe it's in Orlando, Florida. Oh, okay. Is it is it an ABA school? Do we have a 509? Let's see. Yes. So, what's it say for for uh GPA and LSAT ranges?
1: Okay. So, 25th percentile GPA is 2.62.
0: So, so, okay. We're right on that. Dion is right on that mark.
1: Yep. And then the, um, yeah, 25th percentile for L side is 146. The 75th is 151.
0: Yeah. So Dion, you need a 152.
1: Yeah.
0: In order to start thinking about scholarships. What, what does it say, Ben, how many full rides are they giving and how many like 50% or more are they giving? Yeah, let's take a look. So
1: full tuition, more than full tuition, was eight students. Full tuition was four. So 12 students got full or more. Half to full was 149. So 150 about, or 160-ish or so, of the 750 or so students got half or more. Okay. So... A little over, it's, it's about twenty percent, and yeah. um, less than half. Uh, tuition actually sixty percent got less than half. So yeah, eighty percent of the students got something. They're discounting a lot because they have to. Um, yeah. No one's gonna pay full freight for this. What's the
0: tuition? The tuition is thirty-five thousand. Okay, and 000. does it have? Does it have flo- – I guess it's got Florida bar passage rates on there somewhere?
1: Yeah, where is that? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Um, okay, there were 100 – and what? 180. Oh, yeah. Okay, 180 people took it and 112 people passed. That's a 62% bar passage rate. The state is 72, so they're 10%. Below
0: the state average in terms of bar passage. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is this is one where this is exactly the one that I talk about that would potentially make me lose sleep at night. Um, I I worry that we might help Dion get a one forty six, which is just enough to get into Barry Law. And maybe they give him a 25% scholarship or something, you know, or a 50% scholarship. Yeah. And then, so then they still are going to be able to take $60,000 off of him. And he, you know, he's going to be basically paying tuition and rent for these other people who are... Getting the full rides at this school. I mean, we got people getting more than full rides here. Yeah. So and and then and then I'm going to worry about his ability to compete and I'm going to worry in law school. And then, yeah, they're they're passing the bar at a 60 percent rate there. And so I'm worried about his ability to pass the bar exam. He's gonna be like near the bottom of his class at Barry Law. Well, the bottom of the class at Barry Law doesn't pass the bar. Yeah. So I just I'm I really worry about giving people the rope to hang themselves, you know? <laughs> like with the starting 129 or the 135, Dion is not getting into law school. And that's fine. But if he gets his way up to a 146, he might just barely get in. And and then I'm really, really worried about him getting ripped off. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Yeah, to take your sorry analogy. For the, f- like, hmm?
1: Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, now I was just going to say to take your analogy further. Yeah, we're like, okay, yeah, then you loop it over here. Make yeah. sure you get a strong tree branch.
0: I mean, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's horrible. You're jumping into the fire. Yeah, I, I, um, uh, so, uh, you know, as I would go back to our original, the, the original, uh, presumption of don't pay, whatever you do, don't pay. Yep. As long as you don't pay Dion, if you Mm -hmm. don't pay for law school, Mm -hmm. you're fine. But the second you start writing checks for law school, I think you're getting ripped off. Yeah, if you don't pay, uh, painting then. with a broad brush. Painting with a broad brush, <laughs> but if there were ten of these people, nine of them would be getting ripped off. Number four was um, <laughs> from the waitlist king, and uh, our the the horrible Stanford University waitlist oh email.
1: I couldn't believe how poorly that was written.
0: <laughs> I can't. I mean, hearing that again, I was like, "What?"
1: I oh hope they God. changed
0: their email since then. Yeah, I love that. So, this next email, the subject says Waitlist King. Uh, Hi, Nathan. Thanks for helping me improve my LSAT score from a 147 to a 170. My Dude, 170. My nice 170. Yeah, I mean, shit, I don't do anything.
1: You <laughs> took it for him, right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, no, you know, it's the students put in all the work. This shit makes perfect sense to me and I'm happy to explain it a million times until it makes sense to them as well. But the students are talented, they're smart, they're good readers and they work their asses off and that's how they improve. I mean, that's, it's, (laughs) I I wish I could take credit, but I I cannot. Uh, Yeah. My 170 LSAT score combined with my 4.0 GPA has made me the waitlist king. I am on the waitlist At Harvard, Stanford, Chicago, and Columbia. I wanted to express my dismay in our top law schools. I have found grammatical errors on Harvard's website, Yale's website, and now Stanford's waitlist letter. Yes, I put the comma outside of my quotation mark on purpose. uh, Because that's what they do in their letter. I am starting to question the value of these top schools. They would surely reject someone making similar errors on admissions materials. Unless, of course, they were an underrepresented minority like most of the admissions deans. Whoa. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. But that you got to chill out there, dude. I um I forget what the name of the student is, but now I'm glad I don't know because um, easy with the Racist bombs there. That's uh, a <clears throat> unnecessary anger. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you just scored a one seventy on the LSAT, and now you feel like discriminated against. Um, no, <laughs> relax. It's all going to work out fine for you. You're going to get into one or more of Harvard, Stanford, Chicago, all those schools, and you're 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 just fine. Um, anyway. There is a photograph attached here of the letter from Stanford Law School, the letter of admissions, mm-hmm. and it has a um a comma outside of quotation marks, which is yeah, clearly a mistake. As mistakes go, that's not the worst mistake in the world. No. And the rest of this email you well know, <laughs> it's using some language that I wouldn't really use but pretty long sentences too and and big words too This disposition (laughs) obviously I just read this. (laughs) Uh, Okay, hold on. Maybe now we have to read this. So here's what what it sounds like when um, Stanford puts you on their wait list. Ready? As you know, Stanford Law School's enrollment is limited to approximately 180 students per class, and each year we receive applications from a far greater number of well-qualified applicants. Because of our commitment to the instructional importance of maintaining small classes... Wait, what? They're committed to the importance. That's not right. We could edit that.
1: They're committed because of the importance. Yeah, they're
0: not. You're not committed to the instructional <laughs> importance. Jesus I'm Christ!
1: To the importance of it.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? What is going on? What is happening, Ben? I don't know. Please don't become like these people. Please. Send your
1: personal statement.
0: Yeah. This is horrible. Well, these are people working in the admissions office. You know, they're they're salespeople working in the admissions office. They're not like brilliant lawyers. Um, But they all almost all have JDs. They do probably have JDs. But I mean, that shows you the value of a JD these days. Mm. I mean, okay. Anyway, because of our commitment to the instructional importance of maintaining small classes, we are extremely conservative in the number of those we admit. Although we are not able to accept you at the present time, the committee regards your qualifications as especially high. Oh my, stop. As a result, it has placed your name on a waitlist, in quotation marks, waitlist. <laughs> Which, I don't know why that even needs quotation marks to begin with. It's a fucking waitlist. You wait kind of
1: like a waitlist, but not really a
0: waitlist? We have a special name for it. We call it a wait Waitlist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. And then there's where the comment is outside of those quotation marks. It's almost like the quotation marks were added afterward or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It, it has placed, wait, it, Oh, the committee, it that's the as a result, it, the committee has placed your mm-hmm. name on a quote wait list from which additional admissions may be made as we make our way through the admissions season. Oh my God. Okay. Now check this out. This disposition obviously confronts you with uncertainty, a result we regret.
1: <laughs> They're talking like Yoda now.
0: The su- the couldn't the subject of that sentence be we? Yeah. It could be we regret to place you in this position of uncertainty. We regret <laughs> the uncertainty this this brings you. Any other thing than this disposition obviously confronts you with uncertainty? How about
1: how about um,
0: just dropping it?
1: <laughs> just cut the whole sentence. Like, who cares about any of this? Yeah, well, it's, Hi, they're trying to student, apologize. We're impressed by you and we put you on our wait list. If you want to get off of it, contact us and let
0: us know. Why we should. It should just Goodbye. say the whole letter. You should open it up and it should just say wait list. That's it. Just <laughs> in <laughs> quotes. Yeah. In quotation marks, Waitlist, list or better yet. Yeah. I like that. You could also <laughs> you've been waitlisted. <laughs> you've been, you've been waitlisted. <laughs> you've been waitlisted, fool. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, this disposition, that's the subject of that sentence. No. Jesus. Okay. Each year some applicants on the waitlist for any number of reasons wish to make firm plans and hence prefer to have their names removed from the waitlist. Others oh. find it practicable to keep their alternative plans tentative and wish to have their names retained on the waitlist. You know, they're they're clearly yield fishing here, right? They're yeah. all they're doing they're putting everyone they admit on the wait list or almost everyone they admit on the wait list. And they're trying to see if you will take your name off the wait list because you're actually going to go somewhere else. That's it. They want to see if you will remove yourself from consideration. Um, Stanford law school makes a conscientious effort to inform every applicant as promptly as possible exactly what her or his admission status is.
1: (laughs) The whole letter is shit, but we got the her and his thing down. (laughs) That,
0: That is hanging at the end of that sentence. Oh, God. Okay. Two spaces there. Is it two spaces throughout? It looks like it's two spaces throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We will be aided in affording such treatment to others on the wait list. If you will give us a considered response to the question, whether you wish to remain on the list, (laughs) please tell us yes or no. Please tell us if you would like to remain on the list. You've been waitlisted. foo. What do you (laughs) want to do? Do you like us? Circle Y or N. Uh. Uh, If you believe that there is a substantial possibility you might choose to attend Stanford, should we be able to accept your application in the weeks or months ahead, comma? We hope in the past. (laughs) Yeah, we hope you will so indicate on the enclosed form semicolon. Oh my gosh. And if you believe that there is, wait, you don't put semicolon and. <laughs> oh, oh no. You just got your semicolon privileges revoked. Oh.
1: <laughs> all right. And then I try, uh, in clip five, I try Halo Top, which, by the way, we haven't talked about that a lot recently or at all, maybe. And someone the other day tried to join the Thinking LSAT group on Facebook and they said, then I was asked a question about Halo Top. I don't even know what that is. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> and this guy's a pretty active listener. He just hasn't listened back whenever we were obsessed with Halo Top. <laughs> Maybe so. we
0: should, yeah, we should update those uh, questions to join the Facebook group. We don't need to be giving Halo Top any more attention than. Yeah, it's all well, like free advertising. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are we ready for the big Halo Top experiment? Yeah, sure. Let's give it a go. Okay, you have Um, black cherry Halo Top. I want to hear this. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah. So when I was in the
1: store, I saw Halo Top and I was like, oh yeah, I should buy some so I can try it out since Nathan hates it more than um, you know, Lucifer himself. So Mm -hmm. I chose black cherry because I'm one of those people who likes uh I guess fruit flavored ice cream. Um Mm -hmm. particularly raspberry or whatever. So not Mm -hmm. strawberry. Strawberry is fine, but it seems kind of boring. Um, I even have some black raspberry ice cream here that's actual ice cream. So we can do a Mm. little comparison. But anyways, I'll start with this Halo Top. It's never been opened. Oh, okay. Okay. I see here. So now this is a pint. It looks like ice cream, right? It looks... Well, I haven't even... Okay, so I took off the lid. Uh-huh. And I haven't even opened... There's like a seal on the top. Okay, right. And it says, I'm cold, let's spoon. Oh, that's so clever. Wow. Um, okay. And I'm pulling off this... Wow, it makes it look fancy. Okay, so you have to... You have a lid, and then you have a lid underneath that. Right, I have to clean this spoon off of the real ice cream so I don't get tricked. But yeah, it's a pint, and it looks like, looks like
0: real it ice cream. It appears to be actual ice cream, but it's a lie. Okay, so I'm, I'm right, being and now deceived. you're going to you're going to have a bite of this black cherry halo top fake ice cream.
1: Yeah. So here we go. Well, yeah, that's that's strange. I, I, no, I was going to I'm not just saying that because like you want me to shit on this. I was like, OK, I actually expected it to be more real than this. Um and I figured I was gonna push back on you and just say, Well, you're just complaining. Um nope.
0: that nope. is bizarre. It's garbage. It's it's not fit for human consumption. It's not just one. Sure.
1: I want to make It's not ice
0: cream. It's just what it, it it's just not ice cream. Okay, so here's the thing: I I've been, I I didn't tell you I was gonna do this, but I went and I bought a delightful you know those tiny, mini Ben & Jerry's pints? It's you know, yeah, yeah. pint. It's like the same form factor of the pint, but it's just a miniaturized one. Yeah, yeah. So I'm holding in my hand a tiny little pint of Ben & Jerry's Cherry Garcia ice cream. Oh, Cherry Garcia. That's and, my, one of my favorites. Yeah, okay. I know. Uh, that's why Shit. I got How did, it. we need to change places right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I'm eating. I'm enjoying a delightful... Bite of actual real ice cream. This is Ben and Jerry's Vermont's finest Cherry Garcia ice cream. And I'm here to tell you that it is fucking delicious, Ben. <laughs> well, I know and that. You are eating pure <laughs> sadness, and I'm eating pure joy. Hold on. I mm. got to take one more bite of this because I want to see if mm. it's really as bad as I initially thought. Um, can we read? I want to read the oh my um, gosh. nutrition facts on the side of your fake pint of ice oh, cream. because it's so
1: bad. It's I don't know how to describe it. It's like a fake sweet.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just, I don't know what it is. And it's got a lingering I, aftertaste. It's just sugar alcohol. I see what you're about to read. Well, I, I, what I really am interested in, because I have a, this is, what is this? This is four ounces <clears throat> of ice cream. Yeah. It's just a tiny little cup. Okay. It's just a beautiful little, like one, one tiny scoop of ice cream, right? Four ounces of ice cream. Yeah, and it has two hundred and sixty calories. Mm. How much? You've got a whole pint. Yeah, of fake bullshit, and I'm guessing it probably has about the same, like two hundred calories.
1: No, it's seventy. Oh, no, wait, sorry, no, no. Let's see. There's four. Yeah, so seventy times four, so two eighty.
0: 280. So, so two eighty. 280. So, it's it's essentially the exact same calories. You could eat that entire thing of just sugar air. Yeah. And you could be sad as you're just devouring this whole thing, this whole big thing of sadness. Yeah. Or you could have a just delightful little civilized small thing. I can't tell you how good this is. It's so good. It's creamy and it has chunks of chocolate and cherries in it. That's excellent,
1: dude. So wait, this this on the side it says contains sever seven. This is like a warning. It's all in all caps. Contains <laughs> seventy calories compared to two hundred and five calories in quote regular ice cream. Why don't they just say in ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> right, mm-hmm. dude. I gotta I gotta get this out of here. So I have no, um,
0: I have some regular ice cream here, so I can recover. Yeah, let's, let's come on, we, we don't want you to be depressed while you do the show.
1: Well, I don't think it was affecting my mood, thank you, mm. but <laughs> it might have if I had to keep eating it. That was fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, this ice cream, the funny thing about the ice cream I'm eating right now is that it's black raspberry, so it's not a perfect comparison, it's not black cherry, but um, it's like your, you know, generic store brand. It's like, what's mm-hmm. the cheapest real ice cream in the store mm-hmm. that's what i got here and it's good mm. mm-hmm. i don't even need the ben and jerry stuff and i'm okay mm. yeah this episode's gonna be a great episode by the way you know what
0: <laughs> you know why it's good why because it's it's ice cream it yeah, has it's real cream mm-hmm. cream and milk and eggs and stuff in it and yeah because it's actually ice cream that's why it's that's why it tastes delicious
1: so this is weird because they have milk and eggs in it. That's the first two ingredients. But I guess they go wrong with the prebiotic fiber, the milk protein the? concentrate.
0: Jeez, what?
1: Yeah. But there's something okay. really bizarre. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what thing it is in this, but there's something that's very strange about the sweetness of this. It's almost like they've perfected um, how it looks. It, it does look like ice cream, and so you know, looks. Eye appeal is half the meal. Maybe it's, that's how they trick half their customers or whatever.
0: Yeah, it's just they put it in a in a pint, like make it look like it's actually ice cream, and it's just, but it's just not. I don't know what it is. It's I just I know what it's not, and it's not actually ice cream. It's just garbage. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that was scintillating LSAT podcast. I'm sh- I'm sure people are just loving loving this episode. They're like, yeah, thanks, thanks. That really helps with my logical reasoning. Uh, episode or sorry, the sixth uh, clip is. Um, well, it's uh, I don't, it has to be the worst personal statement we've ever read. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I think listening back, I was I couldn't believe I forgot all the things about yeah. it. Yeah. It was it's definitely so up there. I mean that guy that
1: swimming dude one was pretty bad as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's true. And that then there was, was. that the one,
1: one paragraph. You remember there was a whole paragraph? <laughs> and we were like, is this for real? Are we being trolled? And we finally decided by the end that it wasn't, but we weren't
0: sure. Oh, the the most recent one that was just all telling. And yeah, that was a pretty bad one too. But but Ezra I think is still the champion of uh, world's worst personal statement with the man with the kind eyes. <laughs> Upon entering the building, I found a round, little gray-haired man with a friendly smile and kind eyes standing behind the security desk. This I is, wave.
1: Mm, what?
0: Sorry.
1: I was going to say this is trying to be trying to create a narrative. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's this like cinematic bullshit that I, it's, <laughs> kind eyes. you should. Yeah, I know. Kind eyes is like, are you trying to, it, are you writing this dude's tender profile or what? I don't, are you setting someone up on a double date? Why, why does that, why is, why is this man's eyes? Why are this man's eyes in your personal statement? Sorry, it's funny. Okay. I waved, said hello, and asked in English, where is 434 Lanchet Road? He smiled even broader and vigorously nodded his head. Oh, Ezra. (laughs) You you asked him where it is and he nodded vigorously. (laughs) I I mean, okay, trying to get across that you're at your right place. So here's what happened in your first paragraph. You found your apartment that you are supposed to be going to, and there was a beautiful man there. (laughs) (laughs) This is your personal statement for law school. You're not making a case for yourself here. You're supposed to be making a case for yourself. You're supposed to be imparting the idea that you are going to be a kick-ass lawyer and law student. You're, who's, sto- what is this? Uh, what's, what, whose story is that? What is, what is happening? Why am I reading this? You're wasting my time. That's my, I mean, you know, and I like Ezra, I want to, I'm, I'm on your team. <laughs> I want you to be successful, but I read this and I go, huh? I thought you were trying <laughs> to get into my law school. What are you? <laughs> you gotta keep reading this. This is okay. good. Living in Taiwan for two years required adjusting. I mean, no shit, for one. <laughs> uh, okay, language barriers, like the one above, were just one of many difficulties. Vague. Well, also multiple language barriers. That could probably just be the language barrier. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, I am no stranger to new languages, cultures, and ways of life. Oh, my gosh. You don't like it?
1: No, it just seems like a huge claim. But okay, I'm listening.
0: It's vague. You don't don't need to say that. You could just immediately go into the next stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. If you say, I grew up learning Hebrew, traveling twice to Israel. I studied Spanish in grades 3 through 12, traveling to Mexico, and spent a semester in Peru. I even took German classes. I mean, okay, yeah. That
1: I, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a stretch. I mean, you grew up learning Hebrew, okay? So you took some classes, and then you went to Israel twice. So now you're an international, like, vagabond. I just I studied Spanish in grades three through twelve, traveling to Mexico. Who hasn't traveled to Mexico?
0: A lot of people do that, and it doesn't mean you know. Neither of those mean that you're fluent in Hebrew or Spanish. Yep. Yeah. Right? You do not have to be fluent in either of those languages. You have studied them and you have traveled there. <clears throat> you could completely not be fluent I feel at like
1: all. I feel like I was trying to be this international man of mystery, but it sounds like an experience that's not too far off. I even took German classes. So Spanish wasn't working out. You took a couple classes in German. Now, can you go talk to anyone in those countries? That's what I want to know. Can you live there?
0: Yeah, if you put, I'm fluent in Hebrew, Spanish, and German, then that's, you don't need to say anything more. You don't need to say you traveled. But when you (laughs) say all this other shit, it makes me think you're not. That you're like trying to
1: present, like build evidence that you have this international, I don't know, um, experience or whatever. But okay.
0: Yeah. As I settled into my new life in, (laughs) and here's some symbols, city. Sorry, I'm okay. in a goofy mood. This is fun. 100% do not do this, Ezra. you got to take these stupid symbols <laughs> out of this personal statement. You're insulting your reader. You're just like, you're making it impossible to read. Like, what are you doing? It has an English name. This, is, this personal statement needs to be written in English. And now you're putting these symbols in your what? Okay, Af- as I settled into my new life in hieroglyphic city. I would come home after each full day of MBA classes and teaching English, grateful for the unfailing smile from that same security guard. Oh, he's coming back. Okay. I stopped by his desk every night to chat. We began with gestures, pictures, and broken language. Eventually, and inevitably, our conversations evolved. Ooh, it was destiny. It's meant to be, Ben.
1: I gotta hey, pull myself together
0: ben, here, <laughs> Ben. Sometimes you just see it in their eyes; you can just tell right it's away. Meant, sometimes you just be. know that kind that those kind eyes. It's inevitable.
1: Man, I might not have to work um, out today. My abs are already getting
0: a workout here. Okay, um, I showed him translation apps, and we began to teach each other new words. Him speaking English, and me Mandarin. Over time, we broadened our nightly conversations from greetings to the weather to hobbies, career questions, and family matters. <sighs> <laughs> then there's quotation marks and a whole bunch of symbols inside the quotation marks. This is the sentence. It's a whole bunch of hieroglyphics, I would say. <laughs> Not me, he would, pol- he would reply politely. You are my teacher, even though he truly was my and then there's more hieroglyphics.
1: I'm guessing that's teacher for uh yeah, Chinese. I could read if it said sensei. Anyways.
0: I it, this wow. Wow. Do not this it's not that often that a personal statement needs to be blown up and completely start from scratch. But this is uh I I'm not, I'm not seeing anything salvageable so far. Okay. <clears throat> there are many interpretations of learning that incorrectly emphasize hard work as the central or even sole factor in determining success. Whoa. <laughs> We're shifting gears now into a, a strong statement about philosophy of education. Yeah. Inc- saying it's wrong to emphasize hard work. Whoa.
1: Mm. Have you read the book uh, Grit by Angela Duckworth? She is a Ph.D. scholar on the subject of education, success, and hard work. It would be interesting to see what she has to say about this
0: sentence. Have you ever met a lawyer? <laughs> Have you seen the movie RBG? Um, hmm. While working hard toward a goal is often a component of many great achievements, there is another aspect to learning and developing. Exemplified by those nightly conversations in... (laughs) And then there's more of these obnoxious (laughs) symbols. No idea can develop without communication, collaboration, and using the greatest resource we have at our disposal, one another. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Philosophy, man. Yeah, this is now just trite. Okay, this is now just... You rhapsodizing about the f- philosophical bullshit about humanity, and it's all about each other, man. Like, what? I'm supposed to be learning something about you as a lawyer and law student.
1: Was this was this uh, Stone Stone? No, then this... wrote us back with his actual oh. name.
0: <laughs> Stone could be double trolling us with the <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I, Unfortunately, past traditions based on fear and bigotry urge us to close borders, distrust foreigners, and hold our own country above the rest. With globalization in full swing, if humanity is to succeed, we need to work together. This can only be done if we learn how to communicate with one another, cross cultural, political boundaries, and unite globally. Okay, all of that is bullshit. Get all of that out of your personal statement. So...
1: Vague and vacuous, and just you sound like a politician
0: you also sound like a high schooler <laughs> <laughs> you know it 's like it 's a it 's like people don 't understand what the personal what personal statement means i think they 're supposed to be learning about you they 're not supposed to be learning about your philosophies of uniting the human race
1: truisms Nathan they're truisms
0: yeah they're <sighs> it's just trite bullshit it's it just uh, no one wants to hear any of this uh, glad, we're glad that you have these philosophies Ezra that's nice but that's not what this personal statement is about you're not teaching me anything about you
1: I actually feel um, like the philosophies undermine you, too. I mean, just the fact it just seems naive and overly optimistic and idealistic.
0: If humanity is to succeed, <laughs> we need to work together. <laughs> that, is some, that is the most trite. That is like such a waste of time. Who's, who's like, going to yes. argue against this? We, no one is going to argue against it. It's fucking like, let's, we're going to sing. We are the world now and hold hands. And like, yeah, okay. That's, that is not, this is not personal Ezra. This is not, where are you in this statement? You're, you're not, you're, you're talking to your, your new friend at the counter of your hotel. It's a lovely moment you're having with this guy, but I don't look at this next sentence. Holy, here it is. You ready? (laughs) Brace yourself. I can't believe you would say this after listening to the podcast, but anyway. That's true. Ezra, yeah, this is, this is bizarre. This is, again, it makes me think that maybe we're being trolled because (laughs) (laughs) here it is. Okay. Law school will help me bring humanity together.
1: (laughs) Awesome. I hope it does.
0: I hope it does, too. Maybe, maybe Ezra is going to just solve all of our problems.
1: I think Ezra wants to run for president and sees himself as winning that in the future, despite the fact that his odds are
0: better at becoming a you know, an MVP quarterback. Yeah. By the way, things worked out fine for Ezra. He's uh, off to law school uh, very successfully. So yeah. he, uh, <laughs> he learned from um, our roasting of him. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. All right, number seven,
1: uh, clip seven is an email from Kelly Testy. Yes, you're hearing that right. Kelly Testy, the president of LSAC, the Law School Admission Council. And her email is about the digital uh, transition, which we are all now a part of, but this was back when this was first released to the public. Interesting stuff, yeah.
0: And we do our typical roasting of the uh, LSAC writing.
1: Yeah, the general theme is everybody writes too much, (laughs) and too pompously like why why can't everybody just chill out and keep this to like one or two sentences That's all it ever has to be
0: so here's the actual announcement itself headline lsac announces digital lsat launch schedule uh, and then it says all this same shit again. Is there anything in here that we really need to talk about?
1: <laughs> I don't know, but I can see that it's quoting Kelly Testy, our favorite, uh, <laughs> Kelly Testy. quotable, quotable, uh, executive in the, in America today.
0: Yeah. I mean, they are doing a, f- there are a couple funny things with the transition, right? Maybe we should just read through this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let me, I'll, I'll just, I, I'm going, I'm on a roll. Why not? Yeah. Um, Okay. Newtown, Pennsylvania, October 3, 2018. I like the dateline that they put in. This is oh, it's, it's because it's a press release. That's oh, I mean. yeah. Um, okay. The Law School Admission Council, LSAC, today announced the schedule for transitioning the LSAT, the assessment tool used by over 99% of all <laughs> law school applicants, <laughs> to a digital format beginning with the July 2019 LSAT test. Wait, LSAT test?
1: Oh, my goodness. They failed their own, like, acronym.
0: Wow. <laughs> law school admission test test. Okay. Wait, hold um, up, though. The yes. fact that
1: they, they, they said that the assessment tool used by over 99% of all law school applicants, they did not need to say that. They said that because they're feeling threatened by the GRE and they wanted to 100%. show their dominance.
0: 100%. That's, that's hilarious. I mean, they're, well, whatever. It's PR, you know? So yeah. this is like a press release and they're just hoping – they're hoping that some reporter just puts that right into their story, yeah. right? They just want, I mean, the idea is they want a newswire to just pick up and run exactly this. So it's telling because it's like, this is what they would want to just be in the newspaper. If they could, this would be in the newspaper. Yeah. That's their idea. They want a really lazy reporter to just, like, put exactly this, including the assessment tool used by over 99% of all law school applicants.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's very funny because I, I feel like it almost reminded me of how not everyone uses the LSAT. <laughs> right?
0: like, yeah, oh, exactly. yeah. Some right. people
1: don't. And who are those people and why don't they
0: use it? <laughs> yeah. It's funny how times have changed, right? Like 10 years ago when we were baby LSAT teachers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we would never they they wouldn't have ever said that. Nope. They would have been like, of course we're the well it says it right in the name we're the <laughs> law school admission test test. <laughs> like, we don't need to say that ninety nine because it's actually it was a hundred percent back then. Yeah. Uh, now mm-hmm. it's not. Um, okay. Anyway, the uh, quote. Here comes the quote. See second paragraph. Good news writing. You got mm-hmm. the lead paragraph, then you got the second paragraph with a quote. Okay. Quote. The LSAT will be fully digital in North America starting in September 2019. We've planned this transition carefully to ensure candidates have all the information they need to decide their preferred testing schedule, said Kelly Testy, president and CEO of LSAC. <laughs> okay. Because law school candidates in the – I mean, sure, they, they did actually, right? I mean, of yeah. course they thought it through. They're a bunch of lawyers, so they think – everything through a It's lot.
1: funny that they think that this needs to be the lead quote.
0: That is a very boring quote. Yeah. I, well, I guess they want it to be boring. They want the transition to be boring, right? They want it to be like, no big deal. Yeah. They're scared, obviously. <laughs> That's why they put a very boring, like, everything's fine quote. <laughs> it's, it's almost, it does the exact opposite again, right? Like mm-hmm. when they say 99% of all applicants, <laughs> what they mean is, we're scared of the GRE when they say we've planned the transition carefully. What they mean is, Oh boy, like well, there are probably going to be some kinks to iron out in yeah. this whole process. And by the way, when we get later into this press release, it becomes obvious that they know that there are going to be some issues. Yeah. Cause otherwise they wouldn't do specifically one of the things that they say they're going to do. This is kind of crazy when it gets down here. Um, Okay. Because law school candidates in the current testing year will have anticipated the current paper and pencil test format, LSAC has scheduled the transition to begin with the July 15, 2019 test. And after, sorry, after this year's law school admission cycle is largely completed.
1: Oh, they're so lawyerly. I know. They can't admit that it's completed at that point. They're like, well, it's largely completed because some idiots are still applying to law school at that point and going to schools they shouldn't be going to. But anyway. Yeah.
0: At the July 2019 test, some test takers will be assigned pencil and paper tests, and some will be assigned digital tests, which is a best practice under educational testing standards for moving (laughs) to a new testing method. Uh. According to them, they they don't cite a reference for that at all. They just uh, they just. I mean, I'm sure they've done some.
1: Study. I mean, it kind of makes sense. They're they're randomly assigning people one test or the other so they can have a random sampling and see which ones. I guess which test uh, see if people perform better on one test over the other or if based on the more, format.
0: Yeah, or if there were more issues at one over the other. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, yeah. though. People are going to be pissed, right? Someone's going to be assigned the digital and they want the paper, and some people are going to be assigned the paper and want the digital, but hey,
0: well, you can't
1: have self-selecting
0: groups. <laughs> next paragraph. Yeah. Oh, by the way, they're not going to be randomly assigned.
1: It, wait, doesn't it say some test takers will be assigned paper and pencil? Yeah, it
0: doesn't say randomly.
1: Okay, I'd assume they would do it randomly, but what? let's this hear what they are saying. This LSAT say. lesson,
0: isn't it, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my guess is some of the tests, you know, it won't be random. No, I do not know it won't be random, but I mean, (laughs) my, my, my intuition tells me that they probably are just going to roll it out at some test centers Okay. because otherwise they're going to like what do digital and pencil and paper at every test center. There's no way they're doing that.
1: Well, I agree that's challenging. I'm just looking at this sentence. It says, which is a best practice under educational testing standards? If you're going to implement a best, best practice, then you necessarily have to assume that they're randomly assigning these people. But, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't give them credit for best practice until they show me, their, uh, show, show me your evidence. But uh, anyway. Yeah. To, okay. To ease the transition, LSAC is also offering July test takers a special option. Regardless of format, July test takers will have the opportunity to see their score before they decide whether they wish to cancel it.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Those who decide to cancel can choose to retake the test again. Wait, retake the test again?
1: (laughs) So you're going to take it two more times?
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little edit would have been helpful there. Um, Retake the test through April 2020... Free of charge. Oh, my goodness. They are really, like, there's nothing you can complain about. You know what? The LSAC should start listening to the show so that they could get editing advice. They could learn a lot, I think, from our editing advice. That one right there is like, I don't know how that made it out the door.
1: I I, I would also just give them the general tip to take the number of paragraphs that they write and divide it by four and um, (laughs) stick with that many paragraphs. (laughs)
0: I mean, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, or just the number of words, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I actually like that they have it divided up into tons of short paragraphs, that newspaper looking style. I do. I love Mm -hmm. short paragraphs. I like one sentence paragraphs. Yeah. In news for sure. Yeah. I wonder if people, I guess people could do that in their personal statement. I think,
1: yeah. If it's a really powerful sentence and you want to emphasize it,
0: bam, that is freaking awesome. Yeah, absolutely.
1: But you know what's going to happen? We started talking about semicolons, and then everybody wrote in sentences with semicolons, and we had to revoke their privileges from everyone. And so <laughs> now we're going to get all these like one sentence paragraphs, one after another. And you're like, you're yelling at me. Stop yelling. Yeah, you know? It's totally. a way to, to to emphasize something without using all caps. Totally. Yeah.
0: Um, this is crazy that you're going to be able to look at your store before you cancel. Yep and if you cancel you get to take it again wait a second boy you know they just everybody should take it in july
1: there's no reason not to
0: and then the last one is um well it's just uh our best advice about reading comprehension i guess yeah it was pretty good i think I think this one was included just because it was like a pretty succinct, um, helpful discussion of reading comprehension. Um, So here's what I'm thinking about this reading comp question. The passage was written primarily in order to answer which one of the following questions. You know, that's really a main point question. It is a main point question. Yeah. So when I then, what I'm thinking on a main point question is, you gotta predict the answer. Mm-hmm. You cannot be looking at the answer choices hoping that, that one of the answer one or more. <laughs> that's the problem, is that one or more of the answer choices are going to seem good. Because yeah. here, Lemonhead is saying, when I read the answer choices, I feel like I can make a case for two or three of them, but that's not your job. You're you're not supposed to be arguing four answer choices. You're not supposed to be helping answer choices. You're supposed to be looking for reasons why answer choices are wrong. Yeah. Because four out of five answer choices are wrong. When you read a, there's an 80% chance that a is wrong. And so you should be looking for why is a wrong? And if you can't disprove a, then a might be the answer. The best way to do that is to know what you're looking for before you go into the answer choices. I mean, Why was this passage written? That's essentially what the question's asking. Why was this passage written? Yeah. What were they investigating here? What did they want? What were they trying to figure out? What was the main point? I think people don't realize how many of the questions are essentially just asking you what was the main point. Like, did, you know, they kind of just over and over. Yep. Did you get it? Did you get the point? What was the main point? What was the author's attitude? What was the primary purpose? <laughs> the passage was written primarily to answer which one of the following questions.
1: Yeah. And I find that when people
0: realize that, they're like, oh,
1: I need to find the main point. And then I ask them what the main point is. It's universal, at least for people who are starting out. They say this these exact words. They say, the passage was about... Yeah. Whatever. And it's like, okay, you just answered a different question. You answered the question. What is the topic? What is the topic of the passage? The topic could be tigers, but I need to know what the main point is. In other words, if you sat down across from the author of this passage and you said, look, I'm sorry, I don't have time to read this. Will you tell me the bottom line? They're not going to say, well, you know, it was about um, spiders in Africa. That's not the bottom line. That's, it's useless. You're like, okay, what do I need to know about spiders in Africa? Well, what I was trying to tell you is that they fight for their territory or something like that, right? And they do it in these three ways. Okay, now I understand what you were trying to tell me in these four paragraphs. So you need clear, short sentences, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three short sentences that Convey ideas, complete sentences that say this is what the author wants you to know
0: or believe. Yeah, I I say you know I don't ask the students what was the passage about because then they'll always say the topic. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Instead, I say, what did they want? Mm -hmm. What do they want? Why does this document exist? Why is this, why is this document in our law office? Why, what, what do we need to do about this? What's their agenda? What are they selling? Yeah. What do they want us to do? What action do they want us to take? And if you can ask yourself those questions, not only at the end of the passage, but at the end of each paragraph and not only at the end of each paragraph, but probably at the end of the first or second sentence, right? Right immediately start asking yourself that question at the top of the passage, Mm -hmm. you'll find that you're comprehending the passage a lot better as you're reading it. And when you get, when you get done with the passage, you should just, you should feel pretty confident that you can answer to my satisfaction. And I have pretty high standards for this, but you should be able to say, Oh yeah, they basically wanted X. Yeah. If you can't do that, then, you know, (laughs) what are you doing? Are you, are you really even reading the passage? I I don't know. Like you just, you have to, you have to take it seriously enough that you can do that. I think students, because they race the clock, they just don't, you know, it's just, they read it, but they don't comprehend it. And it's called reading comprehension. That is true. So Lemonhead is being too passive here by getting into the answer choices too quickly and making a case for two or three of the answer choices. I mean, on a main point question, if you ever think there are three good answers, then you're clearly doing it wrong, right? You're doing it backward there. Yeah. You should predict, well, it basically has to have this central issue. You know, they basically wanted this. And then if you know that going into the answer choices, there's really only going to be one that has it. Or if there's two that have that central concept one of them is also going to like misstate the passage somehow, right? Be something like different from or extra. Yeah. And, and not correctly describing what the passage said. And so then that's, that's out too, because these questions are a whole bunch of must be true questions as well.
1: Yeah. Inaccuracy is the greatest sin on this test. So, and that's why we always say one word can make an answer choice wrong, but one word can't make it right right? How many people love five of the six words? And they're like, I just, I've just like this. So this is correct. Well, yeah, but the sixth word has to be good too. And if it's bad, then the whole thing
0: is bad. I like that. Inaccuracy is the greatest sin. Yeah. That's an LSAT tattoo. <laughs> that is an LSAT
1: tattoo. Cause it also comes down, I think more frequently in reading and even in these main point questions, when people are debating two answer choices, And they like one because it seems to be more complete. And it's like, yeah, you're right. D is less complete of an answer. It doesn't talk about some things that were mentioned at the beginning of the passage in a way that answer choice A does. But A is inaccurate. So that's just not going to fly, even though this other answer choice is incomplete. Incompleteness is much more forgivable than the cardinal sin of inaccuracy.
0: Yeah, great. I think we did a pretty good job of that one. Want to move on?
1: Yeah. You know what? Maybe we should have is a vote on like the top pieces of advice. Like which ones really hit you? Maybe we can kind of glean the best audio clips Pearls. for the L set. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Anyway, just a thought. Cool. All right. Well, um, I don't know. What do you think, Ben? We should maybe just wrap it up there. Yeah. Hope you all enjoyed the clips. Uh, remember, you can email the show, help at thinkinglsat.com. Um, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, thanks to all of our team for helping us put this together every week. How long do you think we're going to be able to keep this going, Ben?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's a
0: good question. Um, as long as people keep listening. Yeah, so as long as long, people keep listening keep and, and <laughs> they like what we have to say. Yeah. Cool. You can join our Thinking LSAT podcast group on Facebook. You can give the Thinking LSAT Facebook page a like. Uh search at Thinking LSAT on Facebook. That's also at Thinking LSAT on Instagram, at Thinking LSAT on Twitter. I'm at Infox on Twitter. Ben is at Olson Benjamin on Twitter. By the way, Ben uh this morning on Twitter I saw uh Ellie Mistal, you know, the above the law guy. Yeah. I saw him um, bitching about Gladwell's LSAT podcast. Um, Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Ellie hadn't actually listened to the episodes, and he was still, like, publicly roasting Gladwell for talking about the LSAT. Um, Hmm. But, you know, since as an LSAT expert, I can confirm those episodes about the LSAT were garbage. (laughs) Uh, By the way, Ben, did I mention to you that he never even gave his score? Oh, at the end of the second episode, I don't know if you listened to the second one, but at the end of that second episode, he didn't even give he like never even says what his score was or anything. so it's all just like big waste of time. Anyway. Um, wow, interesting. You, yeah, you can visit strategyprep.com. If you want to learn about Ben's classes in DC and his private tutoring options, you can visit foxlsat.com if you want to learn about my classes in Los Angeles, my classes in San Francisco, and uh, my tutoring options lsatdemon.com is the future of our business. You should go there, register for a free trial, sit with us uh, in this proctored virtual practice test that we're doing on July 13th. It's not too late to sign up for that. Leave us a review on iTunes. Don't forget you can listen all sorts of ways, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, thinkinglsat.com. I want to hear from Android users, Ben. I want want to figure out where Android users are listening to the show. Yeah. Because is that even showing up in our anchor stats? Uh, Let
1: me look at that really quick here. So what would that say? Just Android? Or would it say, what's the I don't know. It
0: just looked like Apple Podcasts was like 95% of our traffic, which seems, that just seems like a lot. Because I know it's about 50-50 between Apple and Android. Yeah, so Apple is Apple Podcasts
1: dominates, at least according to Anchor. Then other is <laughs> is a lot smaller, and I see Spotify, I see Google Podcasts, I see oh Android. It's just an option. Yeah, and it's kind of small, like compared to the number of people listening through Apple Podcasts. I wonder if it doesn't have a good way of tracking people or something. Does it have YouTube on there? It's the good, stats, that's think. a good question. Um, does it doesn't say YouTube on that list. No, it does not say YouTube. It does say Overcast. I've never heard of that one. Um, po- Pocket Casts, Anchor, Android, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Maybe that, yeah, that's all I see. Huh. And then Other. So maybe that's under Other, but yeah. So what's your okay. question? <laughs>
0: oh, Android. Yeah, I want to know, like if people are on Android how do they listening listen? to the podcast, how do they listen? But I mean, I know they're going to say Stitcher and Overcast and oh, all those other like, yeah. apps. Okay. I just don't understand why, like do Apple people listen to more podcasts? Because why is Apple Podcasts dominating so much? Or do we just have like a bougie audience that <laughs> has iPhones? <laughs> I mean, that could definitely be the, be the case. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh. All right. Anything else, Ben, for episode 200? Thank you, everyone.
1: It's been a great 200 episodes. Um, I I don't typically cry at these situations, but um, it's been fun.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, it has been fun. Um, That was show number 200. Thanks, all y'all, for listening. Nice knowing you. Don't pay for law school.